drop what you're doing, Internet. Two bearded dudes are talking about movies. It's the Wild Brunch with Alex and Joe. All right, well, shall we? Mm-hmm. All right, well, hey, everybody. Hey, Joe, how you doing, man? Hi, buddy. What's up, Alex? I'm, uh, I'm good-ish, sort of. I, uh, okay, I'm going to get this out there. I, I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Is I, it that painful? painful? No, no it's, not, it's, not, it's not that it's painful. It's that I'm, I saw the movie so we could do the podcast, and I'm doing the podcast because I saw the movie, and it's like this figure eight yeah. where I can't plant my feet anywhere. Hi, everybody. You're listening to The Wild Brunch with Alex and Joe, the monthly-ish podcast where we see a movie, talk about it over brunch, and decide which was better, the movie or the brunch. I'm Alex Grudet. I'm Joe Tower. And is it... I just have to get this out there, that you've been not looking forward to this for the like since the get-go. Yes. Because you're not even a fan. You were not... A critic of the book. I'm, I'm, yes, and I'm not proud of it. I don't want to feel this way about things. I don't. I, 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 I like reading junky pop culture books. I like seeing junky pop culture movies. Yeah, but this is I like want, but this is like all the junky pop culture books in a junky pop culture book. And insisting on its junky pop pop cultureness. Hey, so yeah, so we're gonna do a podcast, <laughs> and with us today is surprise uh, friend of the show, Returnit. What's up? Mr. Andrew T. Mr. Andrew T. How's it going, dude? How you doing, buddy? Why this work? The last time we did this all together, you took us to our White Boy 101 dim sum. Dim sum. I was just thinking about that this morning. I almost went to dim sum. You got me eating chicken feet that day. I know it was so good. Well, that place was pretty good, right? That was good. You said it was pretty good to me. I was like, I I could eat this. Yeah, we 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 like we we lost our minds. We talked for months after that about how like how woke are we that we ate. We had chicken feet. <laughs> Pat on the back. A readily available we thing start, in our city. We started we a new drove an extra ten oh, minutes. Chicken oh, yes, yes, the chicken feet boys. Chicken boys. <laughs> I was just thinking. I was thinking about it this morning because I almost went to dim sum and instead I went to the gym and then I was like, God boy, bless you. I feel terrible. Your life choices are. Weird, I just feel man. terrible in general. But I was thinking. I was like, LA is like. Uh, line of white people that fuck with dim sum. It's a wider cat. It's either people like there's a bunch of white people that know too much about dim sum, and I'm always surprised that the people yes. are like, oh, I've never done this before. I'm like, huh. But for all of those things that are like really like have like deep ethnic roots and deep cultural roots, I feel like there's at least one white person, probably oh, yeah, yeah. in Silver Lake or Echo yeah, Park, yeah, yeah. who knows. An unbelievable amount of. Oh yeah, that. I think for as much as we wore the chicken feet like a badge, there is someone out there who's ten times more insufferable about. Yeah, it. who like has I, that? I really yeah. like. like I uh, yeah. I cook chicken feet in my home. I only home cook my chicken you feet. Can I do it in instant pot pretty quick. I will say this, y'all. Uh, next time, next time we get dim sum, uh, we're gonna do curry tendon. Okay. At, the, oh, at a place in the San Gabriel Valley. My, Shit is the right. bomb. I've, so, I went to dim sum in San Gabriel Valley, and purportedly that's where yeah, that's, that's where you get dim sum in this area. In LA, yeah. Yeah, more or less, yes. Okay. It was amazing. 100% yes, actually. Just like, like tiers of food, just yep. like racks and racks. And it's a little, it's it's bigger, it's a little bit better, yeah. and you know, it's cheaper, and like, although that place was pretty cheap. We're gonna, we're gonna have to do it off the clock though, because contrary to our prediction last time, Great Wall was such a failure that it kind of tanked the whole trans-Pacific uh, mega production thing. Although they're getting a little bit better at it. I'm trying to think, there was a movie I saw, this was an art film, but it was called Youth. Uh, it's a Chinese movie about um, I mean, look, it's like when you... The log line is some shit where you're like, yo, this is straight-up propaganda. But it's basically like, 
like a coming-of-age story in the 60s and 70s of these kids in the fucking Red Army. Um, yes. in, the, in the Red Army band and dance troupe. Oh, come so on. So it's like, it's like fame, but for communist soldiers. <laughs> and it rules. It's actually weirdly okay. critical. But man, it's, it's also, a neat genre, man. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's definitely an art film, but it was like, oh, this is like actual propaganda now. Because it's like really sensitive. You get behind all the characters. And then it cuts off. And then like part of me was like, Yo, these motherfuckers were firing on students in Tiananmen Square like two months after this movie ends. Yeah, the like, moment it was just, they were like, just like, just like they cut it right at the place. But it's also perfect propaganda. They're getting better at it. Yeah, oh. they're getting better they're getting at the better. propaganda. The Chinese baby. Oh hell yeah, dude! <laughs> All right, let's do it. We're, ready we're player here, one. We're going to talk about ready player, ready player one. Just, just Joe ripped like the band-aid, band-aid off. off. Um, yeah, oh, we're at uh, we're at the Holloway, which is the third place we tried. This has been like an Echo Park improv. Echo Park Improv. This is, this is, there was a moment on our um, our little Spinal Tap walk over here that I was just like, let's just get off the mics. Let's do this. Yeah, let's do this on We've Sunset. We've done one podcast episode in a parking lot for Suicide Squad. That's true. That's it's it. all that it was all it deserved. That's all it deserved. Yeah. A whole virtual universe. People come to the Oasis for all the things they can do. But they stay because of all the things they can be. This isn't just a game. I'm talking about actual life and death stuff. The Oasis, the world's most important economic resource. It's nothing less than a war. We're in control of the future. Welcome to the Rebellion, Wade. Uh, so we're at the Holloway and Echo Park. Um, Andrew is a surprise guest today, yeah. a friend of the show. Yeah. He's stopped by. Hell yeah. Uh, he has, actually hasn't seen Ready Player One, but he has things to say about I, it. I weirdly, I'm ready to be checked on it, but I, I have a, like, sort of similar to how we talked about Great Wall. I feel like... I can address the meta narrative because I, I have think, a lot of opinions I, I think about that, that. I think that would be useful, and also as far as checking you on facts, I, I'm I, I would probably let shit slide because I don't care to defend this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do we, Joe? Do you have a ten word? I do. Uh, this is all just filler for two words. Game over. <laughs> Uh, that's that. That sums it up. I think for me, um, a geek movie so bad. I'm a jock now, bro. Yeah, you are. You are. That's just, the line. I know that was. Re- that is really the 2017-2018 line. It's like maybe jocks are the only good people. <laughs> it's, you know what? They're they're, they're 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 on some level anyway. Yeah. They're about self care. They're about yeah. taking care of their health. Like yeah. I'm starting to see the light now. If only, yeah. if only because. And now here here is where I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna get real for a minute before we take a step back to to just pinata this movie. When I read Ready Player One a couple of years ago, because enough people, I'd, I'd heard enough about it. Do we know? Do we have a publication date on that? It was 2011, which actually has really makes it, but it makes a huge difference because and I've been reading a lot lately about how, courtesy of horrendous shit like Gamergate and mm-hmm. and some of the darker recesses of Reddit, like geek culture and its overall meaning has shifted since yeah. the book Bummer came out. Yeah, bummer blueberries, man. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah. yeah. Having said that. 
my problem with the book has very little to do with that. It's not like I was reading it being like, oh, this book is basically just trying to set Anita Sarkeesian on fire. It was not like that yeah, at all. Yeah. It was just... I, you know how the first time you heard your voice on tape... Yeah, yeah. Like, it blew oh, your mind like. in a horrible way. It was just like, oh, I sound I like sound that. Like that? Yeah. I, uh, not only does my voice sound like that, I say that I, those every are the time. words I use. Like, yeah, like, and yet we've chosen this medium once yeah, a month. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, well, the key with that, uh, that as, you, as we were talking about before we started recording, never edit your own shit. Yeah. Never yeah. edit your own yeah, yeah. shit. Someone yeah. else feels um, yeah. But Ideally, don't I even know. listen to it. That, I try not to. I, I never do. I try not to. Um, when my wife and I came home from the movie the other night, I started to kind of spiral off a little bit, and she totally called me out on it, and accurately, she's like, you get really bitter when you talk about this. And, mm. and that put me in my head so bad for a day and a half, and I'm like, why? And I'm like, oh, I have to get to the root of this. Because my freshman year of college, I would have been the absolute target demo for this yeah, book. If right. this book had come out in 1994, I would be like, this is the best thing ever. This is a reflection of me. I mean, and you're still the target demo for this I am and I'm not. Yeah. I, 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 I am and I'm not because it's... I, I'm no longer looking as much to pop culture to reflect, to reflect me. I'm going to it yeah. to hopefully see... Uh, a piece of entertainment or of art that I can connect with and yeah. find some value in, but the, but but I don't necessarily need. I've started to realize that the things that I held dear as touch points are the things that most people hold dear as yeah. touch points. So to reference them back again, like like I don't I don't need an extended sequence referencing The Shining. I can just watch The Shining. Yeah. This movie is not lost to the sands of time. I think you bring up such a great point about like Gamergate and that kind of stuff and anything that like sort of delayed the release date of this because geek culture is so precious because it's so much rooted in like what we all experienced as youth, right? Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that like there's so much trolling and abuse and misogyny in geek culture because we're exhibiting all the tendencies of all of the social groups that we thought did us wrong for so many yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well, it's... And this is... Look and no further than, like, the L.A. and New York, like, improv and sketch communities mm, yeah. for that shit. You know what so, I mean? It's everyone's crazy. Everyone's a nightmare, and everyone <laughs> is, like, um, just projecting. Yeah. Projecting all their bad shit as so, a victim. Can I, can I say yeah. one thing, too, about you, Alex? It's, like, it feels like... Um, you also, though, maybe have, like, you know, because you're a father and a success, and, like, you have your own... You don't need to be defined by pop culture anymore, by what you like there, and know. There is definitely that. But yeah. to the extent that I do... I mean, I'm sitting here wearing a Star Wars sweater yeah, right yeah, now, yeah. so it's like, I, I, to some extent, I'm certainly... I, I'm obviously willing to wear, wear geekness as a badge, Yeah. but Ready Player One is rooted in this philosophy of sort of conversational competition yeah where it's just like you have to you have to be able to afford the price of admission to a conversation we're having about a movie and when I was 18 yeah. that was endlessly important to me and now that I'm 41 I'm like that's a horrible way to treat people and I don't want to do that so um, uh, so to me some of that some of that bitterness some of that reaction to the book was a reflection on sort of cringier times from my past, which is not fair to hold the book to task for. I understand that. But it becomes this kind of instinctive reaction to the content. I also thought beyond that, the book had huge problems yeah. of of reusing and repurposing and name-checking pop culture without any examination of 
cultural significance, changing cultural values, any of that. In the yeah. movie the other night, he holds up the Lloyd Dobler uh, boombox at one point. We're supposed to go, hey, I know that. But it's like we've spent a lot of time in the ensuing 30 years being like, oh, wait, that's actually like... Yeah, that scene is yeah. mad stalkery. Like, well, we're not supposed to emulate that. It's not cute anymore. And I think it's worth it to point out that I like I, I think the mark that's missed, or I, I feel the mark that's missed, is like, are we talking about a time where our our pop culture has become culture? Yeah. Or our, our pop yeah, culture yeah, is yeah. history. And I think, like, I don't remember if the book did or not, but the movie like misses that point. Like Ready Player One, the book is only that interesting if it probably if it was written in or before the time in which it takes place. Where it's like that's the that's the the sort of like uh, revolutionary book is when you know shit like. 80s music and 80s TV become our the annals of our history like this is the evolution of our culture but I feel like we're still so we're still in that like I'm not well like our era like I'm not in the place yet where I'm willing to discuss Three's Company as like the history of television or Cheers because it still feels because it's I'm still here it's still part of my makeup there's I'm going to dig it up Patton Oswalt wrote an article again like in 2011 or something but he was talking Broadly about about the, the the theme of the article was about um, was about basically geek gatekeeping and badge wearing and all of that, which at the time again was a much more innocuous thing. It had not been weaponized into this really weird attack on women and minorities for yeah. some reason. Yeah. Um, you know, brandishing cl- a DVD of Clerks as a cudgel. Um, but he was talking about how he was talking about when he was in middle school and about how these these signifiers these things that you were into these things that you had to do some serious digging to go and find in the first place mm-hmm. that was how you made a connection with other people of your kind yeah. but that now that right cuz it tells you you're both a type of person who would do this research right. who for whom this content resonated right. so much and then, that you had to like i don't know and then look that, at a kind of, that kind of that kind of then that kind of one-upsmanship, especially when you're in high school or college, can have a certain genteel dueling feel to it. I'm not saying that right. that's I'm not saying that that's valid or to be sought out, but I understand where it comes from because it's sort of like you got you you and someone who dug for the same you know the same big star bootleg yeah. can suddenly that's how you that's how you suss each other out and find out it's like oh you're one of my kind yeah. by getting through that sort of slap fight mentality, but. Then the internet happened. Yeah, and every, and in 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 Patton's article, he talks about a force he calls uh, Etewaf, which is an acronym for everything that ever was available forever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we live in that now. Right, like mm-hmm. like you can. The thing that in high school, where it's like, if I heard of a band because I read uh, some 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 old ill remembered or, or barely remembered band that I read about in Rolling Stone, it's like, oh, I'm. They sound interesting. I'm going to go to the record store, see if they have what I'm looking for. If they do, I'm going to get it. If I like it, I'm going to get more. And this is a process of months. Months yeah. and months. Yeah. Now, I can roll out of bed and read on Twitter about some forgotten band, look them up on Wikipedia, and by 11 in the morning have listened to their discography yeah. on Spotify. Yeah. And so kind of been over it. Or at least... Or at least or at least you can get there. File the yeah. knowledge away like, to be I like, oh, this is the thing I'm excited about, but now I'm fully armed. It's not a months-long process anymore. Yeah. So to adopt the mentality of the former in the environment of the latter is like, 
well, you're just being a piece of shit about a movie we all saw on cable. Like, yeah. that's, that, you, uh, you know, and... Can I throw this out there, though? Yeah, go ahead. Even before the internet, I will say, you know, that type of realm was already so, like, like, like indie rock or, like, you know, like, cinema, like, you know... Or, or like viewing pop culture in a in an inter, through an intellectual lens was already so like uh, definitely male dominated, mm-hmm. white kind of white guy dominated. But yes. it's just this thing where like I I, I will sort of argue that like that dynamic, it just maybe maybe what 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 the, the the happy medium that I would take away that I personally would take away not that y'all everyone has to take away but is that with the, with the internet that. Um, that sort of um, gatekeeping has, like, to whatever uh, positive purpose it had initially, it has zero positive purpose right. now because yeah. it isn't actually like a, a doesn't really indicate much about you that you knew this and, X or Y thing. And and you bring up an excellent point because the part of the reason the book bumped me so bad was I get that Ernest Klein has these fixations. I get I get that 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 that. Parzival's quest is in some way Ernest Klein's quest. I get yeah. that that oh, Halliday's fixations can I, are. Can yeah, I catch, since I haven't read the book or the movie, <laughs> but I've seen a lot of advertising, and you guys haven't talked too much about it yet. Can I uh, just run through what I think the movie is? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Please do. Please do. Go ahead. I. It just occurred to me that I was like, I wonder. Okay. To me, it just feels like based on the marketing for the movie. Based on the marketing and trailer, and I've read a ton and about just it. Like, yeah, I've just, I've, I've not avoided spoilers at all, but because um, I knew I didn't care about the movie at all. It feels to me, it's it's just like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but if the Chocolate Factory was World of Warcraft owned by only white guys in a barcade. It's, you're not I mean, far you're off. You're not far yeah. off. But, but here's the so thing. I know they're trying to own the thing, right? Yes, but... Um, but... Where... And... and they leaned hard into the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory thing. The mm-hmm. the, the pull quotes on the novel were all about that. The, yeah, um, yeah. The the trailer I mean, used great imagination. segment though because now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. What is the movie about? No, but that's the thing. The movie doesn't know what the movie's about. The movie. Right. Uh, well, and we'll get there in a sec. But they they think they're doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and structurally maybe they are. Mm-hmm. But it's also but, rebellion against this system. But, I don't understand. But yeah, it's oh yeah, right. There is a there's a weird rebellion. There's a matrix thing, thing about it too. So right, let's, but well, everybody wait, can let's, voluntarily get out of the matrix. So let's, like, but let's bring this back. Yeah, let's bring this back down to the terms of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and the Matrix. I don't see how it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Well, they, they wanted that though because they literally yeah. used pure imagination in the trailer. I know, and but I think like, that's oh, like that way misguided. But, like, but imagine, yeah. it, oh, it's completely misguided because it's only Charlie and the Chocolate Factory if what. He wins at the end is a chocolate factory, something that is going to bring joy to the world. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's you've won the internet. Or the oh, oh, that you're part, now, right? Uh, now you're a robot. Yeah. That, now you're the robot now that controls the matrix. Congratulations, <laughs> you're an overlord. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the here's the interesting thing: is like I completely sort of in that moment just forgot about that entire storyline. Right. Because then there's this greater storyline of like uh, the people people are trapped in this weird cycle of like uh, sort of commercialization and like the monetization of like things that you find in a, their life is more ideal. It, it's such a like silly broad strokes that I'm really in this moment like, what were you guys doing? Well, cause in the, and in the movie, I was talking to someone uh, about this the other day. In the book, it makes it clear like, you use the Oasis for everything. 
kids go to school in the Oasis. Mm -hmm. People do their jobs in the Oasis. In the movie, it was much more focused on, oh, there's this game in the middle of it. But you which, can log off. Right. And function. But, so the movie kind of sanded off. They weren't good edges to begin with, but the movie kind of sanded them off yeah. anyway. But here's where, and I was thinking about it in terms of The Matrix also, because obviously they were taking their cues from it. The Matrix is about... A, about a hacker saves the world, but has to do it through this whole vaguely Buddhist philosophical path of self-abnegation and sacrifice and everything. This is a trivia geek doesn't save the world. The trivia geek basically goes on a quest where the only thing that matters are his skills as a trivia geek, which right. is a fucking bummer because it's like, no, the whole point was Neo actually had to learn how to do to more. To not be the thing that to not be, is, to yeah. not to, to get beyond his limits. Instead, it turns out, hey, your limits not only aren't a problem, they're your greatest strength out yeah. there. Yeah. And, and that's and, a fucking... Well, that can be a kind of story. I mean, I guess that's Dumbo, or not Dumbo. It, it, yeah, that's, that's Dumbo. It, your it, limits yeah. are your yeah. yes, value. But, or but what, what you think makes you a alien or a freak is actually what makes you yeah. But he's in an environment where everyone it's, is trying to do yeah, that. Anyway, everyone's actual. trying to be a flying elephant, elephant so he's not an anomaly and it's, it's just like society is like yeah yeah we're, we're trying to fly elephants yeah. here Are but you, also you the there's yeah and there was an underlying thing in the book that it took me a long time to really articulate in my mind why the book had bummed me out so much and why the movie does by extension too the whole reliance on 80s pop culture which by the way no one in the book they actually seem to get a little more joy out of than in the movie. In the movie it's just data points. It's just knowing that Ferris Bueller came out in 1986 and went to Shermer High School. Can I ask a question actually? So so this is a thing that I've heard people mention multiple times when talking about this movie on like podcasts and on the internet and stuff, but I don't actually get it, which is that like pop 80s pop culture knowledge is sort of the currency or the value. Like how is that actually displayed in because, the movie? Because well in the weakest, okay. in the most obvious and weakest way you could think. Well, of. The, and the reasoning, Bitcoin, Bitcoin. The, the reasoning, oh. yeah, the reasoning behind that. Okay. <laughs> the reasoning behind that is that the inventor of this virtual world that everyone logs on to was uh, a huge, uh, a socially inept, possibly neuroatypical um, uh, computer programmer who had a huge fixation on '80s pop culture. Which mm -hmm. cool, we don't really address the fact that that person was so crippled socially that he probably at some point could have really used some professional help. I know. Right. Instead, you've got a movie full of people trying to, like, just emulate what was probably a not healthy coping device for him. Right, right, and right. And it's like, wait, no, that's that would be like, it's like, hey, I'm... I'm a, I'm a high-functioning alcoholic, and I've created this really great drinking game. Yeah. And if you drink as much as I can, yeah. you win this $20 bill. If you drink the same thing I it's drink. Like, it's yeah, like yeah. nobody ever stopped to go, and, and, and had no interest in drinking it. Like, like yeah, he yeah. only liked, like, Micheladas, and everyone's like, I hate the way this tastes, but I want to win that too. They have us. to go shot for and shot like, with him in this yeah, movie. Yeah, exactly, and it's like, that's... That's that that sucks. But the thing that really bums me out too is the fixation on eighties pop culture, especially because like outside of the Oasis, it's in this crumbling world where they put I thought really articulately in the movies, really eloquently in the movie, they say, you know, we stop trying to solve our problems and just outlive them. And that actually feels unfortunately resonant for mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Um But it was this whole idea of it's like, oh, so it's set in this world where no one creates anything anymore at all. We're yeah. all just looking backward, and but being excited by looking backward. And I'm like, 
yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch Buckaroo Banzai every couple of years, maybe, but like, yeah. it's not, it's not an event, it's not something I cherish, and it's not nourishing enough to keep me going, so to me, that idea, it's like, that's such a fucking underlying bummer yeah. throughout the whole thing, where it's like, it's like, everything that is great is behind us, we're yeah. not even gonna try and make new shit now, yeah. uh, cause the only currency is well, that you get the pretty ending, brought back the to the ending room. sort of like, and you know, as always, there's gonna be spoilers, but in the end, that's sort of like, there is no lesson learned, really, because yeah. we don't, they don't do that. The characters right. don't do that. They're right. just like, yeah, now we'll be able to have all the money to buy all the 80s memorabilia we right. ever wanted. Right. I'm going to live in a sweet pad with a hoverboard from Back to the Future too. It's like, right. it's not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's lesson fucking, to teach. It's fucking Charlie and the Cigarette Factory. Right. Yeah, that's what this movie is. Or like an actual, if I were able to write this movie or book, the actual Which lesson. I would love for you to do. Okay. Never you have, should never do have it. Write it. I though. will do that. I think you should write like you a should write a, it. Just a synopsis. Hey, write, write it on brand and call it "Yo, is this Ready Player One?" Yeah, yeah. I will <laughs> 100% just answer your question. It is. I'll just do it. it is. But here's, 100% okay, here's my because it sounds like like if if the movie was able to be self-reflexive about the problems with this type of culture it's like hey you know how you can end the movie someone invents an original character like yeah. our protagonist comes up with a yeah. new person yeah. isn't that wonderful you're bringing me to my next point that I really wanted to make is that from the minute they announced him I was like oh Steven Spielberg is the wrong person to make this movie yeah. for a variety of reasons one is that he's not the guy who's going to look critically yeah. at anything especially if it's at all nostalgic yeah. two over the course of his filmography, most of which I love and is foundational. My kid is named Elliot, for fuck's sake. Mm -hmm. But has he ever shown any particular facility for, say, pop culture? Like, outside of... The big brother in E.T. comes home singing an Elvis Costello song, and that's the last time I can think of a pop culture reference that landed right. in one of his movies. He does a good job of generating things right. that become right. resonant. Exactly. He yeah. was too busy creating it. And Let's face it, and I mentioned this earlier, is... What other director can I can't think of another director that has the access to that will have the access to that IP? Yeah, but that's a shitty way of doing it. I mean, but it's like who Producer like first. Yeah. everybody's gonna sign off on it if it's here's like, a, oh yeah, Spielberg. Here's a, here's how you do it. I'm Spielberg, devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. The only possible solve I can think of, and I don't know why I'm trying to help save this. Thing. Yeah, why are you trying to help save it? Well, because I'm a big-hearted guy, and because I want there to be movies that I can enjoy. But if Steve, Steven Spielberg had signed on as basically a producer, where his only 100%. job was yeah, to be yeah. a linebacker totally against yeah. lawyers. And it was adapted and directed by, I know this is my answer for everything, Edgar Wright. Yeah. It would be the most fucking fun yeah. in the universe. I'd said the, the Wachowskis before you got here. Yeah, I like that. Too. That'd be okay. They would at least get the two, the, the two worlds yeah, thing yeah. going. But you're not, and you're not, that's so accurate, and I totally agree, but also, that's why Spielberg's directing it, I think. No, yeah. I, I It's because right. it's like, who... What's well, the easiest way to get? It also resonated with him. The other reason that he's directing is because he wanted to. I don't know, man. That guy seems like he's he passed that fucking old white man carbon dating thing. Yeah, where yeah, he, like, yeah. Crossed the threshold, and he was like, when I was making Jaws and or Schindler's List, and I had cardigan sweaters and ties. That's when everything was right, that's and that's why he thing. keeps doing yeah the same shit. I I think it's that, but I think it's also, I mean. It's weird because I never felt any particular 
passion of his bleeding through on this? Like, if, no. if, if, yeah, I mean, if anything, he made a, he made a, a circa nineteen eighty five Steven Spielberg movie. No, but, but, but <laughs> which is go, kind see, of I go, awesome. I would but, go later yeah. because it had that that chilly shot by Janusz Kaminski bullshit. He yeah. do, he's done oh, yeah, yeah. like on everything. Well, all of the traffic. I got into. Uh-huh. I got. Oh, and, and I want to talk about Janusz Kaminski in a minute and why he was wrong for this and been wrong for a lot of Spielberg's movies. But um, I feel like this is. I have these moments where I get up in the morning and I throw on my Wu-Tang sweater and, and half the time I'm like, yeah, all right. And then the other half the time I'm like, I'm a 41-year-old white dude about to go work at the Walt Disney Company. Yeah, what the fuck am like I doing? Yeah, like, yeah. what 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 is this? What kind of signifying is this? And it's a thing I, I, I have genuine insecurity about. I'm sharing it right yeah, here on a yeah. podcast, but it's true. It's like, huh. and, and I have to stop and I have to wonder, is this his Wu-Tang sweater? Like, yeah. did he do enough homework to sort of be able to to, to, to to dig into it but like I never got a sense from watching this movie of like that he was enjoying rolling around in this Man, was, right 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 in Spielberg. the way that again and, and again I'm talking about a hypothetical movie but if Edgar Wright had done it there would be so much joy bursting out of every time Freddy Krueger or Chucky or whoever the fuck showed up I also up. think like someone younger would have I mean I think so one of the big things that as I understand it about this movie that they it's like it's in the text but like they can't explore this because the personnel behind it can't is like this is a movie about the consequences of like the biases of the people who have power yeah and it's like this guy is just like a you know because it's the same way we're like like oh it just so happens that like like you know white people make most of the computer games and most of the movies and they don't think white guys they don't realize that their subconscious shit has massive effects on the rest of the fucking world they don't even think about it like it's like this is like a movie that misses the point about white guy identity politics like this is a white guy identity politics movie but they don't realize it. I gotta, I gotta wonder if Ben Mendelsohn was so good in this because that's the character Steven Spielberg identified with the most. <laughs> I mean, at this point, that is the character he's most like. Yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. I watched... There was a weird... And ben Mendelsohn was fun because Ben Mendelsohn's fun. I mean, Ben Mendelsohn's just good in everything. I swear that I, I saw this movie through the lens of a weird little, like online like Instagram story that Spielberg posted about the fact that Carl's Jr. wants to name a new sandwich called the Spielberger and he like got on social media filming himself with his phone in his Steven Spielberg uniform which is like the necktie and the glasses and the sweater walking through the hallowed halls of Amblin Entertainment saying to Carl's Jr. that he if if they named it the Spielberger like he would have to like sue them for copyright infringement or something it was such a weird tone deaf response to a total innocuous like I was just like oh it's fun it, like this movie of course this movie is going to be bad because Steven Spielberg is, is now just another old white dude yeah, like that's yeah, yeah. all that's happened yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fun and what's funny is I was reading about how he made the visual effects on this were so extensive that he made the post. Yeah, while you know, they were the Academy Award nominated movie with the with like the the murderers row of, of American performers in it while they were waiting for effect shots on this. And I'm like, the finished product really feels like the other way around. Like 
like he was busy pouring so much love and detail into the post that he was like, oh, in the middle of it, I'm going to make this throwaway for nerds. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's sort of how the attention must be. And they had to because that's the movie. The the More of the movie takes place during the production. Oh, my God. I feel like like there were... Well, I feel like you've got... I feel like you've got so many levels going on here, too, where you've got Steven Spielberg working with screenwriters who are, like, 20 years younger than he is, but the Mm -hmm. cast who's then 20 years younger than they are. And they're trying to get a line of communication going about pop culture among them, and it's like, how do you... He's like, what's a Gundam? You know, I mean, come on. He's like... How many times times do you think... How many... Well, maybe he is, maybe he isn't, but I I would ask you, how many times do you think... How many times do you think someone at the film's like, relax, people love this? I mean, I definitely think... I definitely think he's out of touch. I think this movie was, like... Proof yeah. that he's not he doesn't have a he doesn't have a finger on anything. Yeah. Well, exactly. I'm just surprised that it's it's like they also had an opportunity to make because it's just like you look at it, for me looking at the trailers I'm like this is not diverse enough like not just in like race also, but I'm the just like only enough. two Asian characters I heard in this about movie this. do karate. Yeah. Yeah. Who by the way are, are yeah karate doing perhaps I don't know if I were. Uh, that being said, if I were in Who this do you movie, think transforms into Gundam, by yeah. the way? Seriously. I've heard about this already. And the, one is a samurai and one is a ninja in the game? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nate and I went and, went and saw this, actually. Our friend uh, Nate and I, uh, we went and saw it. And he, he was like not... We both, after right after the movie, were like, well, ah, that was like inoffensive enjoyment. But there was that moment when, yeah, the, yeah. when the little kid did like... Punched and kicked. Like Nate was like, "Oh, jeez, like what? <laughs> really? Like, come on, that's like the most obvious, yeah, easy yeah. to avoid." Well, also, and they pull in this, his squad. When, once they get together in real life, they are all non-white dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's two 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 Asian kids. Uh, Lena Waithe. Lena Waithe. God bless Lena Waithe. Love her so much. Yeah, yeah. And um, I don't. Remember the name of the actress who played Artemis, which is a shame. She was really good. I'll look her up. She was like Anne from Arrested Development. She's like, are you Uh, any one of the other? Are you Scarlett Johansson? Are you sure you're not Scarlett Johansson? In the book, right, they make a big deal about how she's so fucking hideous or something. I'd heard. Yeah, Olivia Cook is her name, and I actually, I she was. This is another. Oh, she has a birthmark. Yeah, Yeah, she has has like a Weinstein birthmark. Where's fishnet stock? But not only that, but that she's self-conscious about. But he, the white dude, has to be the one to go, what? No, that's yeah, not. Hey, you're, awesome. you're okay. Yeah. You're okay. Oh, thanks for fuck you. But it's one of those thanks things. Thanks for your approval, homie. One of the things, like we were talking on our way in here about Star Wars, and one of the things that I love is that, about the new ones, is that... Were there any references? No, they, they specifically avoided them because everybody likes Star Wars now, and there's nothing quote-unquote clever about that, which is hilarious oh. considering everything they I left I do want to make a uh, comment about that when you're, when you're finished. I but, think that's interesting. But... Um, one of the things I really like about the new Star Wars movies is that they present this picture where Luke got scared of Kylo Ren and ran away. Han got scared of Kylo Ren on some level and ran away. Leia mourned his loss and stayed the course. She never left her post at all. Leia has emerged as the backbone of this whole thing. And it made me re-examine the original movies and be like, they could never get this made in the 70s, mm-hmm. but you don't actually like like there's a way to make Star Wars where you don't need Luke where yeah, it's yeah, yeah. just a two-hander of Leia and Han maybe yeah. like yeah. and and it, it it has kind of reframed my thinking about the default white guy protagonist especially mm-hmm. when you fan out and meet his circle and it's like they don't need this guy 
right, like right. they don't need that. Artemis had no specific gaps in her in her skill level or personality or no particular flaws that made her any less viable a hero than him. In fact, the story yeah. kept inventing ways to take her out of the action, so maybe we wouldn't notice that she's as competent as he it's is. It's the same. I mean, it's yeah. the same with Trinity and uh, Wild right. Style. What do they... And, and yeah. a movie that has to... Movies that have to invent prophecies yeah. to center a white guy in them. Because yeah, yeah. otherwise, everyone else is too busy being capable and powerful. Yeah. And getting their shit done. And getting their shit done. And it's like... I. It, and this one especially, like, just, I was just like, I would rather hear from or about any one of these characters yeah, yeah. Than, than this guy. And, and I don't mean any offense to a performer, because ultimately it's not their fault. I thought Ty Sheridan was such a charisma vacuum at the center of this movie. Like, Who's just that? The guy. The guy. Oh, the main okay. The main guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, was, he just wasn't really there. Looks what, like all other... See, what I had hoped I don't know. for, yeah. when, I, when I read Ready Player... Are you Ready? Ryan Gosling? Are you Ryan Gosling? <laughs> you can tell me! It's the same boy. Are you same boy. Wait, you are, you're clearly Shia LaBeouf or Miles Teller. I'm not sure which one. I know sure you're Miles one. Teller. I You've know you You've got to be one of them. You're a third. There's a third. There's a third! Um, always one. But I, when, I read, the book, but when I read the book, because the book goes to such great lengths to be like, oh, he's this shitty life where he's malnourished and overweight and just, he needs this escape. Kid's like a good looking right, boy. Right. But like, what would have been so great was a version of this movie where instead of having digital avatars of, of characters in inside the Oasis recast them to be like like different actors to be the avatars of how they see themselves and then it's like you get um, I think his name is um, Jacob Batalon the guy who was Spider-Man's best friend in Homecoming oh, I was yeah. just going to say get him, that kid be you the get him to be the main yeah. kid and then in the Oasis he thinks he's Iko Uwais from the raid yeah yeah like well, that's, yeah, yeah, totally. that's the connection you make it's there. like uh, not I mean I hate to reference another movie but I, of all the things that I don't, not sure that it did, that Jumanji movie was kind of. I heard it's good. cool. I heard it's fun. In the creation of their avatars, because they did but that, exactly, but exactly that. that. Like do that. And like the it. nerd kid is like, I'm the Rock. I'm the Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been. That's that a great been, fix. It, it, it certainly would have at least been a creative approach to it that would have. Yeah. And it, it's a subtle way. You never have to say anything about it. You never have to write into it. But it would have shown why people need this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of writing into it. I mean, it seems like that's an actual interesting message, which is like. What is the psychology in a world where you can truly escape forever, escape your but body? But not only that, his avatar then, looked not unlike him as a human person. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not not only that, but it's like they missed the opportunity to comment. Look, yeah. every every time I post a new like profile pic on Twitter or on Facebook or whatever, yeah, yeah. I am obviously making sure it's like, okay, that's not that wasn't a zits day for me, and my yeah, hat yeah. is sitting just so, and my glasses are sitting just so. Everybody, we, we live in an age where we're all manicuring our appearance for yeah. the purpose of where we meet in this marketplace. Yeah. So comment on that. Take that to the next extreme, where it's like, do you think, like, if, it, if this wasn't a thing people did by the millions for nefarious purposes, do you think I am you think I'm morally above, like, making my avatar a picture of John Hamm? Yeah. Of course I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. If there were no consequences for it, if I were going to be celebrated for that, yeah. if it turns out it's like, oh, your choice of picking John Hamm from that specific episode of Mad Men where he did this, that's great. You've figured out the cultural freighting of it, and now you're doing it. Kudos to you. Yeah. So it's, comment on that. It's yeah. happening well, now, so there, comment on there, it. And that's, like, another missed mark, and it's really, like, I feel like this movie is A, out of touch... And I feel like the book itself 
A doesn't like get to the heart of its zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. And I also think like I think you made an interesting point, and we've talked about this before. I think like geek culture, it's it's over. It's not taboo. I, there was right. a great article in the New York Times today about skateboarding and how we moved, how once Renegade, we moved into this place where there are not-for-profit organizations yeah, that are trying well. to ensure that every neighborhood in America has a skate park. It's going to be in the Olympics. Yeah. Like, well, because, it's mainstream. Because, but Ge- Geek culture's mainstream. Like, none of this well, is interesting but anymore. But I would posit, and as basically a lifelong adherent to my particular vein of geek culture, I would argue that skate culture had a next evolutionary step it could take. You could you could destigmatize it as a social element. You could turn it into something positive. Realize mm-hmm. it's a chance for kids to get outside, be athletic, do something engaged and active. And so they had something they could evolve into. The things that geeks are geeks about absolutely deserve celebration because they 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 hold us we hold a special place for them in our hearts. They mean something to us. They've connected us to other people. They've let us feel a part of a greater thing. Geek culture, I don't think, is deserving of celebration. I, I'm not uh, I'm not totally disagreeing with you. I'm saying that, and I'm not trying to compare skateboarding to geek no, culture no, no, or geek no, things. I'm, I'm, I'm actually what trying I'm to contrast sa- them. What I'm saying is that, like, I think that these things that are like either once renegade or once taboo or once considered like niche, like eventually it all has its time in the sun, and we are at the place where yeah. everybody likes well, Star Wars. Well, or, or, or it's like. Man. Maybe the line is like, it doesn't have to be like taboo or not, but the thing is, it's like, like or, or like celebrated or mainstream or not, but like, I think the thing that's indisputable is that like, quote unquote, geeks are not like a marginalized community. Okay, I totally. and that's, that's the thing that I think totally. is like, this, they, you know, a lot of those folks still maintain the like a very defensive, angry posture. A hundred percent. They're thing. still dissed, man. They're still miffed. They're yeah. still like, I'm a, I'm an outcast. Yeah, and, and it's, it's like, like, no, you're not. Yeah, you're not. Yeah. You, could, you could have a conversation yeah. with a, everybody. Loves it. That's the double-edged sword because you want. A, on the one hand, I'm not saying that people who feel like outcasts want that badge. But they do want to feel like they've honed their knowledge into something yeah. special. So the problem becomes if you try and connect with people who've honed the same knowledge into their special thing, yeah. you're not. It, it's not special. And I take back what I said before. Geek culture does have a natural evolutionary point, which is to get into creating the things yeah. that will mean the same thing to other people that these things meant to you. It's what brings me back to Edgar Wright again, yeah. where he well, has done that. Or something yeah, like that. totally. Right. Yeah. But JJ Abrams. It's I such. Mean, it's such a. JJ would have actually been a really good choice. I, yeah. I was Would like, have been a really good tiny choice Steven Spielberg. Yeah. yeah, Steven Spielberg Jr. He even looks like you a hear little that? version you of hear him. that, honey? Earlier J. Today, J. No, Jr. No, earlier today, my wife challenged me, said, yeah, but who's the American guy who really grew up watching Goonies who could do that? And I couldn't conjure J.J. Abrams. J. J. Abrams. And that's who it is. Yeah, 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 yeah. A thousand He's percent. tiny Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. He's Spielberg-ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my point is, you can evolve into that, but unlike skateboarding, which all you need is a public space to do it, and and however cheap a deck you can get your hands on, entertainment is so gatekept still, at least on those high levels, mm-hmm. that, or or at least to the point where it's like, not that there aren't a bajillion YouTube channels, and that we're recording this at a time when Channel Awesome is going through this incredible like implosion right now, which I only know a little about, so I'm not going to super comment on it, but like that's people who have... It was my understanding is run by people who've ported their geek skills into 
uh, into the act of creation without any of the actual like professional rigor required to uh, to really create something uh, uh, th th create the sort of things we're talking about wanting to reminisce over so I feel like that's a big part of it is that so so look at this feedback loop we're talking about I am alone in my interests so therefore I am an outcast because I'm unwilling to connect to other people I'm unwilling or unable to connect to other people who might share those interests because it might diminish me but that's okay one day I'll become special and show them all and by the way I'm not talking about an avatar I am very much talking about myself at 17 one day I'm going to write down ideas that will be recognized as special and 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 people are just going to people are just going to bow to it basically like people are, are going to be powerless against it um, and then that doesn't happen because the system that exists is the way it is. Not everyone sure. is an Edgar Wright or a J.J. Abrams or a Dan Harmon. Yeah, yeah. And I, I feel and, and I feel bad for anyone for whom that curdles. And I know for me, for a long time, it did. And coming back to my wife describing bitterness in my tone, talking about Ready Player One, because it's not. I never would have thought to sit down and write this book. I never would have thought to sit down and write this movie for the reasons I'm discussing now that I think there's not any especial value to to sort of gang reminiscing yeah, about yeah. things that are easily reminisced about on your own time. But there is something to it where it's like that's kind of all he had to do. Like Yeah. Yeah. It's really like to me I'm just like the, the, the thing that you're talking about about geek culture like so fundamentally misses the point about what's good about that stuff to me like because it's like the knowledge acquisition part it's like you also could learn like you know if your takeaway from Star Wars it can be do I know the most about this universe or it can be hey, I learned a story about trying your best and, like, being with your friends and blah, 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 and maybe there's another version of that that doesn't... Like, they... Or, see, it's not even like it doesn't look exactly like this old one. The thing that you should learn from Star Wars is it doesn't have to look like the old one. It right. can look like anything. Right. Right? And, yeah. and I think why this, again, like, this book and movie so misses the point is exactly that. It's because we're not finding value in the thing that we love the value comes from knowing a lot about the thing that you love and like yeah. just because you know like the hero of this movie is literally a kid who yeah, knows a... the same thing that the Willy Wonka character does yeah. but that's not a, that's not a value or doesn't like exhibit integrity or honesty or like compassion absolutely well and and back to your point Andrew that's it 100% this is a movie that celebrates that Easy path, which, by the way, every single story that this movie is 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 uh, you know uh, kissing the hem of the garment of is about. Don't take the easy path; take the yeah. difficult yeah. path. And but it's like get all the bitcoins. It's taking the easy path of regurgitation of accumulated fact rather yeah. than taking to heart any element of the actual stories of these things. Yeah, and that's. That would see, and that would be that would be another way to make this more interesting. What if everyone in this universe is basically just like a, a walking Wikipedia, just like like yeah. I have all of this trivia at the at the at, at at my fingertips, but here's this one guy up the middle of it who's just like, oh no, I I, I learned from the stories, the values of connecting yeah, yeah, with yeah. people or doing the right but difficult thing, yeah. like then. That, that's actually that's a, that's a story hugely worth telling yeah I think. or like so. like you don't have to have the value I mean like 
uh, to me, I'm like uh, uh, an interesting way. So as I understand it, they don't change the oasis at the end. They're just like, no, it's still the same. sidewalk. It's just like, it's closed Thursdays. Yeah, yeah. so like that you, you go to a park in this world that's Read a fucking book. To like, hey, what if we have a different value system here? What if it's truly creative instead of like regressive, essentially? Yeah, because like, yeah. it is regressive. I mean, yeah. it just, and also, well, and I think that brings to point one of the things I mentioned to you earlier, and I, I, I read an article that sort of like highlighted this, but there's nothing in, inherently that like, this is not a prognostication. Well, I don't even know if it was at the time. Like, people have VR in their homes. Yes, this right. is happening. Right. This is we're already yeah. here, but like all you did was take what's already happening and putting it just in a worse yeah in landscape, like worse tacky ass landscape. Yeah, like. RV where the campers are stacked one on top of the other. Look at this, the the, the narrows, yeah. baby. Like, but, but for yeah. as much as but for as much as it wants to be the Matrix, yes, people have the Matrix now, basically. But it's like the Matrix at least understood. It's like get out of your chair and you have to learn. You have to learn a beautiful, beautiful physical discipline yeah. to beat the bad guys who are oppressing us. And this was. You have to know everything about war games. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. well, that's yeah, it's yeah. so like it make it says it says it says nothing I, about us as a culture. It, it says it nothing about the future. It says yeah. nothing about technology. It does not presume to guess where any of it is gonna go. Well, because they know they're wrong. Can I have another? Here's another. Here's another alt pitch. Another alt pitch for the ending. What it would be? They change the oasis to just reflect the real world. And it's like, we can do whatever we want with our imagination, yeah. but we have to start from this shithole that is the same as outside, <laughs> and hey, maybe some of these ideas we will, will help something. our world. Yeah. Like that a simulation. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. Like, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna keep on injecting you with digital cancer cures until we figure out which one works, then we'll bring yeah. it outside. Well, like, no. Yeah. It's an option. It's mean, gonna cost a lot of Bitcoin. <laughs> but it, oh, God. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Like, it was... <laughs> then also there was this, and I don't know if you found this, but Nate and I sort of talked about the, the idea that it, it was made oddly like a movie from the 80s, and it wraps up in this bizarre bow. Yeah. That ultimately, like, just... It made me shudder because, not because I don't appreciate movies of that era and not because I don't want the ending to be happy, but I do wonder what would the actual 2018 version of Ready Player One with how good we've gotten at screenwriting mm-hmm. and yeah. how good we've gotten what at making movies. Been, yeah. Like, what could it have been what could instead? It have been if it was, we yeah. wrote that movie and they well, put all the money into the Oasis, yeah. the scene, the movie that is the Oasis and then the scene, the, the movie that takes place in the real world in this movie is looks cheap and like it's like a YouTube video and it doesn't like they put no effort into it and now I'm going to talk for a minute about Janusz Kaminski who has been shooting Steven Spielberg's movies for like the last 25 years now and sometimes he's absolutely the right choice for Munich for Schindler's List like beautiful (laughs) no but beautiful the real movies movies. even Minority Report which was 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 a a crowd pleaser you know was really kind of a kind of an up thriller but it that movie's fucking great it is and the look helped set the tone but then like the I'm not trying to be all like called it but like 
the minute I heard it's like oh so they're making a new Indiana Jones movie but Janusz Kaminski is going to be behind the camera a guy who if you show him the color orange reacts like a vampire who just had the blinds pulled up on him like we're going to we're going to make a blue we're going to make a blue brown green gray Indiana Jones movie like yeah. I was I and 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 true to form it was one of the things that really bothered me about it he's Steven Spielberg has a hard time getting to a place that is actually fun like like because his stuff is Everything is so detail-oriented and so precise, and I think that's wonderful. And depending on the movies doing, and obviously, the Indiana Jones movies are fun. I'm not. I'm not taking away from that, but like he he knows how to put energy into something and build up to something fun. But there's nothing loose or freewheeling about it. And even if there were, then you've got Mr. Blue, Brown, Green, Gray shooting yeah, yeah. everything, and it's just like this. Just taking is, no risks. This we is just no... this is just soggy and dull. Like it's like it should have been. I mean. I, like that—that's another argument in favor of J.J. Abrams because you get, like, you make the real world that kind of steely blue that he does really yeah, well, yeah. and then you get into the Oasis and it's Dan Mindell, his yeah. DP, having a fucking field day with yeah. oranges Reality and violets. Look at pops, look at yeah. the 2009 Star Trek. That thing. Half the reason that that movie is so fun is it is frame by frame gorgeous. Everything, right. like, I, everyone's always like lens flares, and I'm like, yeah, it, it overdoes it, but it does it for a purpose. Yeah, yeah but. Yeah. Everything, the color is alive. The, the, a, the texture is alive. Like a all lens of it. flare, a couple of those lens, like a couple, like the first lens lens flares in Star Trek, made me so feel like I was in that yeah. moment that I because well, you never I'm, see anything like you that. You never see anything in, like in that before. Star Trek and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. And I'm Wait. telling you, a Ready Player One made like the 2009 Star Trek would be where you've got heroes who are basically like like one of my favorite things about. About Star Trek is that Chris Pine runs like Kermit the Frog. Like he basically has his yeah, arms yeah, flapping yeah. around. Like he's so in <laughs> over his head. But and and he's Chris Pine, so he's he's physically imposing and totally commanding. And you can tell he's having fun. Do that. Give me that. Give me some of that in this. That shit was so fresh. At the time, that that first Star Trek was so fresh, man. Welcome back to the Wild Brunch. We're talking about Star Trek 2009. <laughs> this was zero percent fresh. Not fresh. Yeah, ben Mendelsohn was the freshest so thing about it. Ben Mendelsohn's teeth. Well, his I, I his mouth. The cap teeth were a nice they're touch. Very, they're very dynamite. Yes. Dynamite. I mean, to me, I'm just like every time I look at this movie, I'm just like, this is like for a movie about imagination, like the narrowest, smallest version of that. It 100%. just looks so small. There was a moment in the beginning where. He's racing. There's this big race, yeah. and he's racing the DeLorean from Back to the Future. And at the end, everybody gets attacked by King Kong. And in my in my heart, I was like, Well, yeah, I played this video game. Yeah, I don't want to watch sure. this movie, but I played this well, video game. But it's like when you play, if you played that video game, you would do something more creative than yeah, any yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. things. That's the thing that yeah. bums me out. I'm like. Really, like that's what we got. You put kit lights on the DeLorean, and that's like a big thing. Like, what are you talking about? It should be like a green fucking DeLorean with feet and like just all kinds of shit. You could do anything, and that's all you want. I mean, it's 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 yeah, because it's like the and again, that's where it's not about. It's not. It's not about. It's actively not about creativity. It's like if we could, if I could put on a headset and it's like, oh hey, you're Iron Man now. What do you yeah, want to yeah. do? There's a part of me that might be like, I mean, I want to have like the best Tony Stark adventure. I also want to spend ten minutes just like punching Kane from Poltergeist Two in the face, but just for like a minute, and then right back to having a Tony yeah, Stark adventure. But I mean, to me, I'm just like, it's just people wouldn't 
do this. You even like character creators on Warcraft are more creative than yeah. this. It's, it's well, just all of the pieces, yeah. all of this well, pieces of this movie, yeah, yeah, or this book are more creative than the thing that they're in. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like well, that's their their fate. Yeah. It should be the plot of the Lego movie. It's, yes. If, if they did yes. the plot of the Actually, Lego movie really, with this like that's, world, that's, would that's, be way better. This this wants to be and sort of by nature forces itself to be this this toy box movie. Yeah. Which the Lego movie literally is. It does a but, better job. But has as such I a great <laughs> but has but has such a great job leaning on the fourth wall of like, hey, what would it look like if Lego Batman and Lego Lando Calrissian had an argument? Yeah. We'd have to be crazy to try that. Here we go. Yeah. Instead, it's just like, hey, I made you a cake and it's got little Snickers bites in it and chocolate chips and cherries and sandpaper and wait, hang on, you know you don't have to put everything into a cake, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes, but we can. Yeah. yeah and then ultimately, and Andrew, jumping back to what you were saying. Yeah, because it's not about creativity; it's about possession. Yeah. Ultimately, it's like I don't, I don't want to drive the DeLorean to know what it feels like to be Marty McFly traveling through time. I want to have the DeLorean so other people go, "Hey, he's got the DeLorean." Well, yeah, and like yeah, you yeah. said, which it just by the way, fucking Ernest Cline owns a DeLorean. Like, oh, oh of course, yeah. yeah. His Wikipedia oh, yeah. picture is like he's a his author photo is with the fucking DeLorean. Yeah. I'm sorry, right. geek. But those are the two kinds of people, right? It's like if. If you were says if, everything about someone, if, the dude right there. If someone were to say you can have a time traveling DeLorean, and your first thought was, well, I want to do exactly Back to the Future, yeah. as opposed to I want to do literally anything else. I can right. travel through time. Right. I can rent Back to the Future. Yeah. I can, but I can now go save Kennedy. Yeah, so or anything. <laughs> yeah. It's just like this thing where it's like so small. And look, I'm I am I am I'm a I'm a toy collector. Joe, you're a toy guy. I have I have the chotskis. Toys, comics. I mean, yeah. yeah. I have the chotskis. I have I have the Iron Man helmet that makes the sound effects and everything because. I am not a galaxy brain scientist who can build his own Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that's what I might rather be? And yeah. also, the point is, the point is, you to then get into a world where you can be any of these things, and then all you want to do is have the toys. Yeah. That's, that's because having the toys is being a fan. We're mm-hmm. fans of this shit, yeah, yeah. but like being a fan doesn't mean that I should win all the Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just means right. that I'm it's, a fan. It's the argument that the the argument the movie seems to be making is. The biggest fan should yes. own it. Yes, and it's yeah. like Which that is, is that's, not that's true. true. One choice line: a fanboy can smell a hater, <sighs> and I feel like that was speaking directly to like to like anybody that would naysay this movie. Yeah. At one point, this kid, the kid, says to like uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character, he's like, "Who is yeah. getting fed? He's, uh, yeah, data he's points trying to like be, to be a down. fanboy yeah. too, like you and me, buddy." Which, by the way, is exactly how Spielberg speaks this. I'm convinced. Oh, sure. 100%. Oh yeah. What Mendelsohn is this? A Pokemon? Mendelssohn oh was tight in that scene, though. Oh yeah. How yeah. he switched from like instantly. But that's from, like, like, but that's like but, the kind of scene he can do perfectly. But like that's but, yeah. that's the issue is like. He's the kid says a fanboy can smell a hater, and that's Ernest Klein being like, if anybody's gonna naysay, yeah, yeah, you just yeah. hating all the things that you really love. Yeah. Like, and now, and now though, we are getting back to the the thing we we we've talked about before too. And you you hit the nail on the head, Andrew. Uh, fans feeling like feeling ownership yeah. of the things they love is a core problem yeah. of entertainment and geek culture yeah. right now. Maybe it's the why world that yeah. it feels like that feeling yeah. if you go through Gamergate to the alt-right might literally have destroyed the planet. Well, that's yeah. why people are like, Heimdall and Thor can't be black. 
Yeah. They say that because they think they have ownership over the or problem. Or a little bit of both. And racism. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, well, yeah, the, yeah. The, the two hang out at the same bar. Yeah, they're the, it's um, the same thing. That's well, same it's thing. like, I, I, I don't know, like, it, it, well, it's like these people who want uh, want The Last Jedi struck from canon because that's yeah. not my Luke Skywalker. It's like, no, that literally is your Luke Skywalker. It's, it's what we're serving. This is, entertainment is not... It's not a restaurant where you can send the meal back if it's not what you like. Yeah. I mean, you have to you have to finish the meal. And look, there's a part of me that's like, it's all we talk about on this. I would love to send the meal back, but I like to think we're not out here. We're 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 not out here necessarily saying, oh, we know better. We can we can fix this. We can do better. I know I for am, a fact. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But you're a guest. As a note. As a note. I mean, look. Obviously, no, I think I, I do think every, all of us every, could have written a better Ready Player One. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying for humility. It just yeah, I'm not good. But I like sucks so bad. It's sorry. not. It's just. I'm not, sorry. I don't think it's I think it's like. It's just either not about anything or it's about the wrong I, shit. My problem is that as an entertainment about something that is ostensibly aimed at people like us, yeah, people with our interests, shall we say, yeah, yeah, it doesn't withstand any kind of rigorous thought at all. It collapses yeah. in a second. Well, just if you if you derive pleasure from seeing from going through from doing a checklist, mm-hmm. if you're if you're someone who, like we're we're in a bar with a baseball game right now. If you're someone whose only pleasure at a baseball game is scorching, yeah. then this, this is that's the same thing. Movie is for you. But otherwise, and, it's just and, there's nothing there. And that is a huge swath of geek culture, of gaming yeah. culture, and they're very happy. They, they may be very happy in that, and I, I certainly hope they are. Yeah. Because. Because great. If that if that's the angle of approach for you, then great. I just wish but, they, they could get more though. I'm, you know. Yeah, man. I me too. I I I, I absolutely think that having sat through this movie. That I, I think, and I want to sort of echo what Alex said, is I think one of the ways that we justify doing a podcast where we talk about movies is like, I, we don't want to just sit here and Slap shit things. talk movies. Yeah, sure. And in fact, every movie we go into, I think we're like, I hope, I hope yeah, this yeah, is yeah, good. Yeah, I hope course. this is good. And I think like we're, we're, we're speaking uh, out of disappointment. And uh, well, I was I was talking with a friend of mine about it this morning. We are abs- I agree with you, uh, and I'm sorry if I ran over you just now. But I was talking to a friend of mine about it this morning. I wish that I do wish for this 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 book into movie. I wish that we lived in an age where adaptations were not so beholden to their subject matter, where yeah. they, you don't have to do the Harry Potter thing, where God help you if you get a detail wrong. If you have a black Heimdall, God help you. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I I because I, 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 I wish. That someone, even Steven Spielberg, could have looked at this property and said, "Oh, this this works, this works, this works. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. We're going to sand that off. Take the three things that work and build something out of it." Yeah, and I want to. My yeah, my point was like, I think that this is a relief because there is a movie in there somewhere. Yeah, there's a great movie in there somewhere, and they just didn't make it. And by the way. Yeah. Uh, beyond the beyond the, the and then le- there are those movies that legitimately are punching bags because yeah. they're offensive in a whole different kind of way. Um, uh, but um, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, springs to mind instantly. But Suicide Squad also, it's like 
there's the parts of an amazing I know, movie in I there. Know, man. Well, that's what I was just like. And almost any idea you sit down to do, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. good way to do it. Or and just there's a bad way to do it. I apologize for hate watching. No, no, we, <laughs> we had an agreement that we were going to hate watch Justice League together. Oh, that's how Joe jumped the gun. My wife was out of town and I yeah, ate two yeah. Domino's pizza and it was really hating myself. So I was like, I got to hate watch this and then punch myself in my own stomach. Suicide Squad. At, there's a there's a uh, mall around here called the Americana. I've heard of it. And I uh, I was for the listeners. I, I know y'all know. <laughs> uh, and they have an amazing ramen place. And I had basically like done enough writing, kind of basically took the afternoon off, and I went and I got too much ramen and immediately walked like across the way into Suicide Squad. Oh, no. And then I think I had pie afterwards. It was yes. really like, that's, fucking, that's what you have to do. I fucking we did, myself. We did, we did two podcasts at two different diners oh, and then God. went to see Suicide Squad. Oh, and then, no, and it was, no, but, but, <laughs> bang, bang. Yeah, but, 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 but I submit to you that had we gotten up that morning and done Pilates and gone straight to the movie theater with an herbal tea in our hands, it still would have been terrible. Yeah, yeah, still yeah, worse. Like we could have been as pure as as it gets, and it's still wouldn't. But yeah, like I said, like 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 I said at the beginning, I I said we got to do Ready Player One for the podcast. I saw the movie to do the podcast. We're doing the podcast because I saw the movie. It's the feedback loop. But in the last couple of days leading up to the movie, I started thinking to myself, I found a weird pocket of optimism where I'm like, maybe it'll be okay. Yeah. What then? Like, and I went into it, and I and I hate to say it, but I got turned off pretty fast because yeah. I'm I'm. I am a sucker for a good cold open in a movie, a TV show, or whatever. And and I always come back to I was, I was trying to explain my uh, displeasure uh, at this movie to my dad the other day, and I called out the cold open, and and likened it to uh, the West Wing, which I used to think had when the show was great had the best cold opens in the world because that whole thing was like an on ramp delivering you right to the opening credits, and it's just like it's just like oh funny thing, oh funny thing, serious thing, funny thing about serious thing, heightening, 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 drum roll credits, and you're like oh shit, like you were and you're into it, and then in later seasons when they kind of lost their way, it was like thing happens. Other thing happens. Other thing happens. Third thing happens again. Drum roll. Credits. credits. And it's like, wait, yeah. this was totally flat and we're just at the... Okay. Right, right, right. Um, and Ready Player One, which I thought, okay, they've got a big universe to set up. They have a lot of rules. There's a fun way to do that. Like, again, think about how, like, the hyper-stylized, like, totally rigorous, like, JJ, um, um, Edgar Wright way. Think about the cold open of Scott Pilgrim. Where you were getting literal visual stats on each character that kind of comment on the characters, they're zinging each other. You get right into that opening musical number, and you're delivered on ramp style to this opening credits, and you know the movie you're about to see. Like you're you're on board. This was exposition about the real world. Exposition about voiceover. The, yeah, all in voiceover. Exposition about the fake world in voiceover. Exposition Which about is how voiceover the real world that's the, never justified. Yeah, you, we don't know yeah. Who he's talking to. You, yeah, eulogy from from uh, self eulogy from Mark Rylands. Title card, and I'm like, wait, that's it? Like this visually dazzling movie just oh. threw up a white, t- faded up a white right. title I, on a was black it, card? Was it you that was talking about it on Twitter about how like what a missed opportunity the the it's, credits were? I'm such, so bogus. At the very least, like, and that's another case. I'm jumping back to Scott Pilgrim where they've got like the 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 16 bit Universal logo like right from the top. They're right, right, putting right. you into it. Like, why are they not? 8-bidding the company credits for this. Why are you not hearing, like, the plunk of quarters right, right, right. or, like, the rewind of a VHS? Like, like, 
like pull in, pull me in sensorily. Yeah. It to me, I, I will say this. I to me, this feels like a movie that had no chance of being something I would be down with. But because it's like you, we had no no desire to even if they come to the same conclusions that came to no desire to question the assumptions of right, the world right, right. the fundamental correctness of 80s trivia as knowledge like because I'm just like from what I understand it feels like you know maybe there's a cause and effect thing but a thing that's preventing you know, whether it, the, the Oasis caused it didn't cause it it was like a result like the world's so shitty we right. need the Oasis but it's like Clearly, the existence of this thing is preventing the actual world from getting from better. Yeah, yeah. it's well, holding us back. And then at the center of that, you've got this story engine of basically just like an aggravating night of bar trivia, which yeah. you can make a fun movie into height, yeah. heightening bar trivia to operatic By the way, I heard Game Night is very Game good. Game Night's super fun. Game Night is so <laughs> I heard giant. it's really good. It's, I mean, this it, should have been Game Night meets the Lego movie. Yeah. It should have been. It should have been. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> we were blown away. My, my wife and I were blown away by Game Night. It, right. really it was, looks, like, it was tight. Like made they it really so bad. Yeah, it's like, I heard it's like Game Night so is what Ready Player One should be. It was what The Purge should be. Yeah. It was what so many movies <laughs> right. really ought to be. Right, right, uh, right. A, but, a legit comedy with like real stakes. Yeah, you know, like, okay, but, and also it. like some solid actual like filmmaking going on. It yeah. wasn't just we're gonna park the cam, we're gonna lock off the camera so, here, and yeah. you guys just riff for a yeah, while. Yeah, we'll find it in the bay. But um. Hey, folks, if you're just joining us, we're talking about Game Night 2018. I mean, we've talked about every, I made every, we've made as many references as Ready Player One did, almost. I, and I actually want to talk about, there's there's a nerd tick that I am sure I was guilty of once upon a time, if not to this present day. I Hopefully not. But it's it's something that, that has become a Twitter meme, which but basically by the time that happens, you cannot use it straight-facedly, but tagging on the year something came out... Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as, a, as like, a valid trivium, I'm like, no, you can, like, you can you can either find or remember that shit like that. Right. I mean, granted, I just have a weird brain for stuff like that, but it's always so weird to me when it's a signifier where it's like, oh, yeah, Warner Brothers Pictures, 1999. I'm like... That's not that you're good, ju- you are You're reading me Wikipedia right now. Well, and it's also like, like, like you were talking about, so I didn't know, I didn't know about the scene where they did the trivia off with him and Mendelssohn but it's like this weird thing where like it's so funny that you don't see the fundamental problem with that it's like we live in a world where the earpiece way is the way you're supposed to think that's the correct way to do things (laughs) it's bad to devote a bunch of time to memorizing this shit that's not important right because you can learn it very quickly and it's it's, well that's just the thing like like, it's almost as if like Apple device and Google in hand is the way we all should be we should live I mean there's an argument if I don't know something it's fine there's an argument that's not good for your brain but the reality is that's where we're at and like we're at a world where the ability to parse and find quickly is better than mem- remembering yeah. something. No, and, and, and let me tell you, let me tell you, being able to do that in the age where I'm the dad to a five-year-old yeah. is fantastic. When he, when, when he comes home from school having learned something where it's like, oh, it turns out, uh, 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 actually, the, the Brachiosaurus was a meat eater. It's like, well, that doesn't sound quite right. Let me look it up. It's like, oh, no, you know what? A certain offshoot, blah, blah, blah. I'm, uh, yeah, these, yeah. Are all, these are all non-facts, right. by the way. Shit, I'm riffing and I'm bad at it. But, um, but it's like the fact that we can, we can settle that is, yeah, to yeah. me, like, especially now that we're in an age where, and I don't want to take us on this tangent, where we're fighting for just fact as yeah, currency. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, yeah. but... 
you're right. I should have meant, yeah, it's it's the ability to verify. find, parse, and verify mm. the, the veracity of information. Mm-hmm. That's what and, memory is. And, and, you, and what maybe it's bad, but and what would have been what would have been great is, and this all ties together actually, because now that we've sort of exported our encyclopedia knowledge, our grade yeah. school knowledge to our phones, theoretically, we could then be emptying the cache and doing more with our free time. Doing more creating, doing more helping, doing more contributing. Yeah. But instead, to be nostalgic for when the world wasn't that way. Yeah. And and guard your fistful of facts, however big a fistful it is, like that's, yeah, like... It's just, it's small. It's so small. Yeah. It's weird. And it's also like, like... Like lionizing this, like such a weird regressive point of view. And just yeah. like, this is how are, are, are you, kids really that proud of fucking Dig Dug yeah. these days? I hope not. <laughs> well, no, and it's there's there was an there's an Onion article about a uh, hipster dad oh, yeah. giving his daughter uh, the perfect musical taste to not connect to her peers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and and look, I fight with that all the time because on the one hand, I'm just like. I'm just like, I love it. When the other day in the car, I pop on, I, I pop on something, some piece of music on my phone, and my kid's like, "Is this the Beastie Boys?" And I'm like, "Well, first of all, it's 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 clearly not the Beastie Boys, but the fact that yeah, yeah. that I've not shut up about them long enough to seep into his consciousness, I have mixed feelings about. Mostly right, right, positive, right. but still mixed. Also, they'll be fine. <laughs> but what's that? He'll be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> but um, he'll eventually learn that his old man tastes, old man's tastes suck. And we're we're old man tastes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. But but the point is it's like I'm not going to sit here and say like the essential culture for you to understand is the shit I grew up with like I am not I'm not in a position to say that the I'm not in a position to say unequivocally for him The Last Jedi is a better movie than Paddington 2 yeah, yeah. It is for me, although it's pretty close. Paddington Two is fucking great. great. I heard it's great. But but my point is, it's like I look at him and I see where my biases necessarily shatter. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, it it doesn't matter if my best buds and I bonded a whole summer over real genius thirty plus years ago. Yeah. How I I can't convey that feeling to him. All I can do is hope that he has his own commensurate feelings. And I think that's such a great point about, like, not to make, like, another, like, broad-sweeping comment on this movie, but he should find his own commensurate experience. And this film and this book do not make that larger point. This isn't about finding your own commensurate experience. It is about knowing what Ernest Cline knew during... So who's the the Willy Wonka of this world? The the, the guy that... He's the the creator of the Oasis. It's like, it's so toxic to have to try to... Like, it's also like in in a movie about, like, fathers and sons, essentially. Like, you're like... The idea that the message could be do everything that your weird abusive dad wants because that's the only way to get the stuff is so fucked the Bitcoin. up. The yeah. Bitcoin, you gotta get that Bitcoin, motherfucker. so fucked up. And we were talking about this a little bit on our way over here about how kids today like Star Wars, don't like Star Wars, but it's not central the way it was when yeah, we were yeah. growing up. And that's that's great. That's how it's supposed to be. One of the things that is one of the things that is weird, but I think kind of great, is there is no culture has become decentralized. Yeah. You're into your thing. Yeah. And your thing can be 50 different things, and how you combine them is what's 
important to you, and you can find your tri- you can still find your tribe that way. Yeah, and as you'll know by my Johnny Cash T-shirt and Deadpool hat. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But but that's how you get things to be. Um, that's how you get things to be heterogeneous. That's how you get things to be. Yeah. Um, uh, oh God, I can't. And find when that. and when it's homogenous, like the old culture, yes. the people that you don't even realize you're leaving out, like right. Women or, or people of color, if they're not loving Star Wars, in the seventies, it was like, well, fuck well, you. We you don't, don't connect, don't and we else. can't possibly connect yeah. with each other. And it's yeah. like that's not true. And it's yeah. it's this this celebrates the 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 time before the decentralization of mass culture. Yeah, and that's a fucking bummer because the it whole point scary is, for the Spielbergs of the world but it shouldn't be scary for the kids of this world right yeah. and yeah. and and at the same time like Joe you and I we have our Venn diagram is super fat in the center and Andrew I know I don't know you as yeah, well yeah, but course, like yeah. I guarantee you if we, we went out for a drink without microphones we would find yeah, yeah. any number of things to talk about yeah and that but that's that is the thrill of human interaction, where it's like you talk with someone about something and you hope you don't get to a point where they're just like, oh, fucking Run DMC is terrible. And then, because yeah. then it's like, oh, now I have to manage my feelings but, about, but, but, also but like, fair and different perspectives. So the thing, the one thing about this geek culture thing, I used to have a coworker who would constantly be like, Andrew, you're a geek, you love all this shit. And I was like, as we were talking about this as we are coming into the hallway, which is like, I genuinely, the Star Wars film I like the most is the last one I saw, which is not because what, what I, I know mean, I laugh every time you yeah. say that because I, no, but because I think that's wonderful. No, I, I think that's me, great. What it means to me is I'm like I like Star Wars. I don't love it. It doesn't like need to mean anything to me. Right. So they're all fine. Yeah. Genuinely, the prequels are fine. I I, I watched uh, part of like I manually I just watched the fun parts of like uh, Revenge of the Sith the other day, and I was like. That's fine. Like I get it. Like I, I don't love it, but I didn't hate it. And yeah. I'm just like it's fine. And the only reason I don't love it now is because I liked watching Rogue One for that kind of stuff more. Yeah, like yeah. watching The Last Jedi, which which is um, how it's supposed to work. Like, yeah. Like these these things, these things especially that have their roots pre home video. Yeah. Were never supposed. You were never supposed to be able to watch every James Bond movie in a week. Yeah. You were supposed to go see the one in front of you, and then next year. Go see the one in yeah, front of you. Yeah, and just remember you like that James Bond kind of vibe because yeah. Yeah. you're a fucking same misogynist. I mean, same with like, we don't wait yeah. a week for the next episode anymore. Um, but it's going back, so I used to have a coworker, and it was like, because the weird thing is, I actually do have the kind of brain uh, that that the you know I actually have I have a lot of me- like I remember a lot of facts. I just don't revel in it. I don't yeah, find yeah, yeah. value in it. I'm just yeah. like I wish I didn't because I, yeah. I I I worry about what I have uh, what I've conditioned myself to ignore. Yeah, in yeah. favor of absorbing these things that at one time in my life and not even necessarily the best time yeah. in my life held massive yeah. value to me. Yeah, and it's not so much that those like I think like geek culture is bad. I'm just like. By by thinking by making it the only important thing in the world, which is what this movie posits, you lose so much stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, and we were talking about this before. I, I forget who it was on Twitter. I apologize to them, but like I, I saw a tweet that was just like pointed out that like there's not rap in Ready Player One. That's nope. true. Which is like, nope. How the fuck are you gonna pretend that's quote unquote pop culture? <laughs> like it's just like so limited to one person's perspective yeah, of pop yeah. culture. Then you're just like, what else are they missing? Because it's from just that? like pop geek, and geek pop culture, white pop geek white culture, pop, yeah, yeah. Like white of a certain age white if geek, they love yep. the eighties. And it bears mentioning too, from the year X to year yeah. X. And, and by the way, the white thing is not for rap. Like I just think, like, 
No, but it's lots yeah. of white teens love rap. Yeah, most of these in in the eighties. Yeah, like like it's not, that's not even like it's not like that's a new innovation. Yeah, like yeah. it's but and and it 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 bears mentioning Lena Waite's character is only a black woman because her avatar is like a hulking male giant and it's basically played for like a gotcha yeah, like not yeah, what you expected yeah. oh, and it's just like oh that's that's weird that's crazy. I mean it was weird great was for, a, great, great, great for her it's love a, it it's, yeah. into it and I was yeah. relieved and happy to see her but it's like more of movie. that like those were the opportunities I don't know if that, if, that, if the character is black in the book or a woman in the book yeah I think I think so Okay, but uh, but but but, but again, only for that same sort of ha. Ah, you assumed I was a white dude, right. and I'm not. But, but that's the that's end of the my point yeah. of view. They, the, a successful version of this movie would have brought in yeah well, that well, all the time. Well, because it never takes the other side of that. We were talking about the earpiece scene a bit ago, and the uh, uh, a fanboy can smell a hater line lands because Ben Mendelsohn doesn't have the presence of mind to say. Who gives a shit what you know? And yeah. and there's there's this this moment of a sensible surprise where where he meets Lena Waithe and he's like, oh you're blah, blah, you're you're different from what I expected. And she's like, oh you're like she should have been just like, oh you're you're just a different white guy. You're yeah, literally yeah, exactly yeah. what yeah. I expected. But but this movie's not this movie's not interested in the other side of the coin because once you turn the coin over, like I said, it yeah. kind of all falls apart. Everything rolls off. Right. The coin falls apart. Boom. Yeah. Alex that is original. the title of this episode. <laughs> the coin falls apart. Uh, well, the Bitcoin falls apart. The Bitcoin falls oh, apart. Go. Yeah, bring it back yeah, around. It I mean, but that'll never happen. That's just going to no. keep on going. What about, okay, what about the other side of the Bitcoin? Oh. That's it. That? Yeah. That's yeah. it. This is good. Can't this is good. Right up our alley. The other side of the Bitcoin. Speaking our language. I feel cleansed. I feel cleaner now. I will, and here's the thing. I've Since I saw the movie the other night, I've held back on having a lot of conversations about it because I'm like, Joe and I are going to talk about it this He's weekend. He's such a monk about it. He, like, saves it up. Crazy. Well, I kind of have to because... I just, like, just talk about it constantly, I mean, and then by the time yeah. I get here, I forget what I'd said. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, I've been working on this project for a long time. Uh, uh, it's going to be a new podcast. Teasing it now, anyway. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, Anyway, I, I uh, read Atlas Shrugged. And it was a nightmare. Um, <laughs> Why did that's you all do of, that? Well, you'll find out soon, hopefully. On the podcast? Uh, yeah. yeah. But um, I... Uh, part of me was like... So my, my co-host was like, are you talking... Like, we, we should like make sure to have a conversation with the mic. And I was like, oh, I'm, I didn't realize that was... Because I have been telling everyone and yelling about how terrible Atlas Shrugged is for months. Like, so that's me. I'm the yeah, yeah just yeah. fucking. That's yeah. It's he, he really think of it like, as rehearsal. Yeah, even <laughs> even if we're like on the phone or before we're doing the podcast, he'll stop me. I'll and save be it like, for the day. Save well, for the podcast. Well, no, just because. I, I have to, I'm getting us T-shirts that say "Save It for the well, Podcast." I know you I, also come in with notes, and you're yes. prepared. But I, oh, absolutely. And yeah, this yeah. is not this is this is not completely off the cuff. But it's just I I find that I have a, and again, this is where my geek upbringing gets in the way of the of the kind of conversationalist I'd like to be is. I, a friend of mine in college once said that my conversational style was here. I haven't told you this yet. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I do that to this day. I, I basically like I will show my wife my phone when I'm proud of a tweet. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I yeah. and 
And I feel no, no, and I feel okay about that. But it's like I don't, I don't want to come here and have this be a canned conversation. Be like, mm. I have practiced my story points and I'm ready for that. Like, mm. that's oh, just that's not, not what I meant. Also, no, no, no. I know, like, oh, yeah, no, yeah. not that too. Oh, I think about it a lot because sure, sure, I don't sure, want to sure, get sure. here and just be like, Ready Player One. Which one was that again? I guess I liked it. Okay. Oh, damn. That's me. Let me, oh t- let me tell you this though, because I think it's just a matter of style. I every time I do any kind of podcast, I'm like. I kind of wish I'd made more notes. Yeah. Like, oh, every time. Well, I just, yeah. every I, time. I need, a, I need a roadmap. Yeah. Like, that's, that's it for me. I'm yeah. terrible about yeah. it. I'm terrible. I think that's just, like, a different I also, like, style. we'll do a thing where, like, I want to have a notebook with notes in it, too, and I'll get a notebook and open it and yeah. then not have any idea what to write They have no notes. Yeah, I'm just like, I, I'll find it. Yeah. And then um, I think it's, like, a good skill to We have. never at any point mentioned where we are... Or what we ate. Oh, no. Well, you mentioned the Holloway. Did I mention um, the Holloway? See? Off script at all times. Uh, final, final judgment. The avocado toast and uh, Negroni at the Holloway are like uh, a thousand times better than Ready Player yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to rate it in terms of how many Bitcoins. <laughs> I was thinking about it. And then I realized that I don't know enough. Um, I had a Bloody Mary and a really, really heavy tuna melt. I was surprised. At how yeah, that thing vanished, by the way. I know it's oh, no, a lot of Not that. I was just like, Jesus, that thing is. It's a hearty. I put it all the way. And it was a thousand times better than Ready Player One. Uh, yo, that fucking. I just drank Campari and soda, but I had one of them fries. They yeah, the fries are decent, right? The fries. Like, yeah. the fries. They're good. Yeah. yeah. Or the good. ketchup. I like the But like so many of my generation, I just invested in my avocado toast. I appreciate so. yeah. it, man. That, looked, that actually yeah. looked. I, I love an avocado toast. Big time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, Andrew, you've got this. You've got a new podcast coming up on uh, by you. Eventually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Keep, keep, follow Andrew T on Twitter, and you'll see. You'll, you'll hear. It's a little Is it bit called I read Atlas Shrugged? Uh, no. I, you, you read it. I'm you not read gonna, Atlas I'm not gonna, I'm not no, gonna spoil fair. the title yet, but, uh, is, uh, we're gonna record, uh, like a pilot, a couple episodes in, like, a couple weeks, so hopefully, depending on what, where it goes and blah, 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 it will come out eventually. Love it. Outstanding. Joe, what do you got going on? Um, we have, uh, no, 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 nothing. I'm, okay. un- I'm unemployed. Oh, that's right. That's right. Congratulations. I just finished week two. I really like it. Okay. If I could just keep doing this, that would be awesome. No, that's fair. I don't think I can, but... You'll Man. find out. Have I, you thought about logging on to the Oasis and putting your oh trivia yeah. knowledge? Where do you think I've been the last 14 days out I I'm telling you, if there was... I get why some people don't do anything. Right. You have to. I've just been like bidding on action figures on eBay and playing video games. Right. Which I'm I'm living Ready Player One. Yeah. I really am. Yeah. But then what but then why why pay evening why pay evening prices to go see it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, well we'll have another I'll have another Tales of Mount Folly show at the end of May. Right, Absolutely. end of May. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are at the three three clubs now. Oh, you're making um, a new happy home. to call it home. Yeah, it's uh, very cool. And uh, come out with a new podcast episode for Tales of Folly next week. Fantastic, fantastic. What about you, buddy? Uh, I'm uh, I've slipped a little bit on the the hats from movies Instagram feed, but I'm gonna try you and catch a up a little bit. Though. I do. I got some stuff. Do you um, want to tease a little? I don't yet oh, because. 
Okay, well, now we're here. I'm, I'm working on a new I'm working on a new podcast from the Hatbeard Company. Uh, episodes are not going to start dropping until July is the plan right now. So, um, but hang in there. We'll talk about it some more in upcoming episodes. Uh, Andrew has already agreed to be one of my Maybe guests. You'll hear a familiar voice. <laughs> I'm having a hard time pinning Joe down. Sweet, he's, no, I told you I'm your t- I'm, a, I'm the designated hitter. Yeah, I promise to be the designated. I'm the brother in arms. Oh my god, it would be so dope if you big timed him. <laughs> <laughs> it would be so good. We kept, we see each other on the reg, but then I didn't respond to yeah. any emails or texts yeah. about it. Yeah. I actually, I, and I actually consider had, it. Just start it out there as an as a I actually had a brief. I, I, I had a, I had like, I had a brief moment of just like, oh shit, like, are, are we? Because cool? I didn't reply to no, that. No, 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 not because of that. Because factually, you didn't reply to the email, but expansively and emotionally, I'm a wreck. So you know, I, I got yeah. Because he said something about it, and I was like, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, I would do assumed. it whenever you. But he was. That's amazing. So just I, yeah, you're right. I should big time. No, no, yeah, no. We'll, we'll, we're gonna have you on, and I'll talk about that more in months to come, especially as it starts to take shape. But so keep listening to the Wild Brunch. I think we're gonna be back next. Well, I think we're gonna be back next month to talk about Infinity War. We you're can't. all lucky that you didn't hear Pacific Rim. Too yeah, that was episode. that was also on the plate. You're welcome. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I guess that's about uh, that's about it for Ready Player One. Ready let's, Player. Let's make that it for Ready Player One. Two. Yeah. Any? Is there any plans for Ready Player Two? I don't know. I think it, it to be right. I, I don't know. I think it already dropped to like number three or four. I think the wider move would be to call it Ready Player One Two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's not be creative about it. Let's stick on, stay on brand and just call it Ready Player One Two. Yeah. Every we've pitched so many better ideas. For this, In this. For, yeah, this is all for free. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, Spielbees. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess that's about it then uh, for the Wild Brunch with Alex and Joe. I've been Alex Grudet. I've been Joe Tower. Reminding you as always, talk with your mouth full. This has been the Wild Brunch with Alex and Joe, recorded live in Los Angeles, produced and edited by Brian Weiss. Executive producers Alex Grudet, Joe Tower, Carlo Moss, and Mark Coe. Wild Brunch theme by Magnetic Music. Intro and outro by Daryl Cliff. Hey, that's me. The Wild Brunch with Alex and Joe, a Hat Beard production, brought to you by the Extra Credit Network. Next time on The Wild Brunch. Like, until I got to know him better, I legitimately suspected for a while. I'm like, oh, he's like voice banking everything I say and like rearranging it to like threaten the president. Got and then, to. you know, and I'm That's actually like, I'm idea. okay with that. Do. We should start doing that more. Mm-hmm. Right? For real. Start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm, I'm hearing my voice on CNN like, hello, I'm threatening the president. <laughs> my Who's name is pretty good. Alex Gradet. <laughs> Talk with your mouth. <laughs>